Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts with a look at California agricultural news. Early registration for the 2024 Crop Consultant Conference hosted by Progressive Crop Consultant Magazine and Western Region Certified Crop Advisors is now open. The popular event for certified crop advisors, pest control advisors, grower applicators, and industry professionals is the mainstay for all continuing education needs this year and will take place on September 25th and 26th at the Visalia Convention Center. Visit myaglife.com slash events for the early discounted rate of $275 per person, which includes the live conference, a trade show with 70 plus exhibits, first class dining, entertainment, and a mixer. We'll see you there. The U.S. Department of Agriculture is allocating more than $16 million to California as part of a nationwide effort to strengthen the country's infrastructure for pest detection, surveillance, and mitigation, as well as protect the U.S. nursery system. Through the authority of Plant Protection Act Section 7721, USDA is providing more than $70 million in funding this year. These funds will support 374 projects in all 50 states, the District of Columbia, Guam, the Northern Mariana Islands, and Puerto Rico. In 2021, California Agriculture Cultural exports generated more than $22 billion. The state has about 24 million acres in farmland, which last year generated more than $55 billion in revenue. Protecting that industry is essential to maintaining a strong national agricultural economy, according to USD Undersecretary Jenny Moffitt. These funds will support statewide projects covering a range of plant health and pest mitigation activities, including but not limited to $5 million to survey for invasive fruit flies, more than $4 million to support agriculture cultural detector dog teams, which search for destructive invasive plants in mail facilities receiving international goods. More than $3.3 million to support the National Clean Plant Network Foundation, $2 million to support state emergency plant health response teams managing outbreaks of exotic plant pests, $800,000 to develop an Asian citrus cilia detector canine program for California and Arizona, $430,000 to support a grape commodity survey, $400,000 to survey for Asian defoliator moths, $533,630 to develop integrated pest management tools to slow the spread of box tree moth in the U.S., $315,000 to develop a research nursery for quarantine plant pathogens, and $240,000 for research on viruses and strawberry nursery production in the U.S. Since 2009, USDA has supported more than 5,500 projects and provided nearly $870 million in PPA 7721 funding. These projects help USDA and its partners quickly detect and respond to invasive plant pests and diseases. They also help the country maintain the essential infrastructure in place that enables U.S. specialty crop producers to have access to healthy, certified, disease-free plants. California Rice is reminding producers that the Farm Evaluation and Nitrogen Management Plan submittal is due by March 1st. The website for the online submission of the Farm Evaluation and Nitrogen Management Plan is active and available through cowricenews.org. Each grower is required by the waste discharge order to submit each document by March 1st. Instructions for the FE, NMP, Frequently Asked Questions, and Landowner Notification Forms are also available on the website. You must click Submit Final and have each document in green status 
status with a checkmark to count as submitted. The Farm Evaluation and Nitrogen Management Plan will be reported for the 2023 crop year. In addition, the Nitrogen Management Plan will require a forecast of nitrogen use and other data for the upcoming 2024 growing season. Each plan will be submitted using the grower's unique identification number from their permit at the County Agricultural Commissioner's Office. Information reported to the board will be by township only with no grower or parcel identification. Copies of the FE and MP must be available at the Growers Farming Operations Headquarters or primary place of business. Again, the website can be accessed through cowricenews.org. On February 5th, the Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service informed it is temporarily modifying conditions for the movement of fresh citrus fruit from the Redlands Oriental Fruit Fly quarantine area of San Bernardino and Riverside counties for the duration of the 2024 harvest season effective immediately. Due to the eminent harvest period, growers in a Redlands quarantine area currently have only two post-harvest treatments available to move fresh citrus from non-core areas of the quarantine to areas outside the quarantine. However, neither of those options is economically viable for citrus production in the Redlands quarantine at this time. This federal order provides relief to growers by establishing a new treatment approach under which fresh citrus fruit from non-core areas may enter domestic commerce outside of the quarantine using alternative fumigation and subsequent cold treatment methods. This approach applies only to the Redlands off-quarantine for the 2024 harvest season. It does not permit international export of fresh citrus fruit from this area unless the citrus meets existing export certification requirements for regulated articles from fruit fly quarantined areas. APHIS regulates the interstate movement of off-host articles from all off-quarantine areas in the United States following seven code of federal regulations and any applicable provisions. APHIS regulates the interstate movement of off-host articles from all off-quarantine areas as per a federal order. The current off-quarantine areas, the off-regulated articles host list, and the federal order are posted on the APHIS Fruitfly webpage. Kings River Packing is excited about the Kara Kara crop this year, encouraging retailers to elevate their citrus offerings by adding specialty varieties to their lineup. Kings River prioritizes freshness and harvesting, packing, and shipping so consumers can relish the benefits of high-quality citrus. They can also react to same-day needs for their retail partners, according to Prescott Leba, sales account representative for Kings River. Caracaras are on the larger side this season, showing fun ways to use larger-sized fruits, such as using the peel as a bowl, can entice consumers to pick up more. Offering them in five- or eight-pound bags or bulk with matching display bins is sure to make the produce department stand out according to the company. In addition to building show-stopping displays, there are some noteworthy health benefits that are worth calling out in the store. Carrot cares are full of key nutrients like folate, fiber, and potassium. They're also an excellent source of antioxidants, vitamin A and C. Kings River Packing LP is a family-owned business that has been growing citrus for over eight generations. They're located in the San Joaquin Valley of California. Several major holidays are just around the corner and B-Sweet Citrus reports a strong supply of lemons and specialty citrus varieties available to help retailers with upcoming promotions. Football fans typically consume various dips and salsas during Super Bowl Sunday. Not only are their lemons a staple ingredient for many of those recipes, they also act as an ideal cross-promotional item for other items across snacks 
produce and beverage categories. If retailers are looking to push the citrus category in February, it's important to capitalize on events like Super Bowl Sunday, according to B-Suite Citrus sales representative Sergio Rodriguez. He says cross-marketing their lemons near other items like chips, avocados, or beer can help to entice customers to purchase them while shopping. In addition to lemons, B-Sweet Citrus also has Caracara Navels and Royal Red Oranges available to support Valentine's Day promotions. Available both in bag and bulk options, B-Sweet's Citrus line caters to the diverse needs of shoppers throughout the winter and spring months. A grower, packer, and shipper of premium California citrus, B-Sweet Citrus was founded in 1987. They're a family-owned and operated company providing approximately 10 different citrus varieties to its consumers. They are headquartered in California's Central Valley. The California Water Board has reported that compliance levels for required annual surface water diversion and use reports are low for the reporting period October 1st of 2022 through September 30th of 2022. Notices will be coming soon, followed by notices of violation for noncompliance. The data is critical for protecting senior water rights holders and ensuring compliance with permit and terms and conditions. Only 54% of those who are required to submit water right diversion and use reports have done so by the February 1st, 2024 due Water right records are available at the California Environmental Protection Agency State Water Resources Control Board website. And for more information, you can also visit the State Water Resources Control Board website. The California chapter of the American Society of Farm Managers and Rural Appraisers is bringing the successful Outlook Agribusiness Conference back to Bakersfield in 2024 next month. The three-day event will include education, networking, and other opportunities for attending agribusiness professionals. Alliance Ag Services and Lee and Associates' Mike Ming, who's this year's conference chair. It offers a wide range of education, uh, social events, tours, uh, the conference itself, and we have a great barbecue the night before the conference. So it's it just kind of a wide range of of uh, wide-ranging three days of, of education, networking, and um, getting together with people in the profession from all over California and a lot of people that come in from out of, out of state and out of the country. Topics to be discussed at this year's conference include water, solar power, land trends, commodity outlooks, and more. We have Kim Brown from The Wonderful Company. She's going to be giving us the water outlook. Um, and then Rob Raceborough, who is the president of Wonderful, will be doing the pistachio industry outlook. Then we have uh, Laura Lyobiot, who is the Kern County Planning and Natural Resources Director. She's going to be giving us uh, a view of alternative land uses and how the county uh, looks at those for future use of agricultural land if if and when uh, those lands are are moved out of production ag and into something else. And then Shannon Eddy with Eddy Consulting will be also expanding upon that topic, uh, looking at it and expanding on land uses uh, that she sees and land uses that are maybe we don't see yet, but maybe coming. Uh, then our, our next uh, panel is are gonna be uh, Eric DeVos from Avantis he is uh, head of environmental for Avantis, but he wears a lot of hats. And uh, he'll be speaking on the big utility grade, utility scale solar. 
Um, and then we have Evan Riley, who's the CEO of White Pine Renewables. They, they're they a uh, community solar company that uh, we've been doing numerous projects with in Kern County and throughout the, throughout the valley, actually. And so uh, Evan will be talking about how to utilize certain acres, maybe acreage less than 100 acres. So that's more of a you know, that they can find capacity along an existing uh, line or there is a service available that has extra capacity, maybe from an old cotton gin or, or old, you know, ag industrial use that's no longer in play. So uh, that, and then our last speaker is uh, Matt Clark. He's with Terrain Ag. He's gonna give us the, you know, the perspective on California's ag economy and uh, he will close it out then we'll have breakout sessions uh, on the trends, you know, and talking about each region will have its breakout session so people can go to their regions and get more of an in-depth look at ag values in their region and ask questions. So we have some really good speakers for each region. Uh, so it's, it's going to be a full day. Clearly a lot of opportunities for attendees at the conference. Ming hopes to see attendees conversating about resilience in the industry and walking away with hope for the future of agriculture. I want people to know that, you know, ag is, ag is strong. You know, we're going through a little bit of a downturn right now, but, but, you know, we're always resilient and we always bounce back. And, and I think that, is part of our conference. I mean, we always have a, a great cross-section of people that are there that, you know, just like to talk about the industry. And and that's a good thing. And so anytime you can get this high level quality of people together talking about what's needed in agriculture, what's what's on the what's on the horizon, you know, that we need to be focused on. Um, I, I think that's what I really want to come out of this conference and uh, and people just to, to walk away saying, hey, that was a really good conference. I met some people. I was able to interact with some people that I never I would have never been able to interact with and, and got some great ideas. The conference will take place on March 19th, 20th and 21st next month at the Bakersfield Marriott at the Convention Center. You're listening to My Ag Life. I'm Taylor Charlstrom. As the National Farmers Union gears up for their annual convention March 10th through the 12th in Scottsdale, Arizona, Executive Director Rob LaRue says that the Farm Bill will be among the main topics for attendees. He points out that work is being done behind the scenes. A lot of the pieces that are going to be required to put a farm bill together are probably already in place. The big top line debates about how much money is going to be in certain programs or you know whether or not there's going to be reform in other areas or whether we're going to see this priority take precedent. Those are discussions that are going to require, I think, the highest level of leadership in both the House and the Senate. And if anybody is watching the news today, you know that there's a lot of lack of leadership, I would argue, at the highest levels of, of uh, those institutions uh, that can't even seem to get across things that they support. What does this mean for the Farm Bill? Certainly it's frustrating for a lot of us out there, but we've got to just keep our head down, keep pressing, because when that opportunity presents itself, 
the ag committees need to be ready to move. The uh, the farm groups need to be ready to move. LaRue says although there are questions about who will control Congress, whether it be Democrats or Republicans, and it being a presidential election, it's also a good time to drive the message home of why the farm bill is so important to the country. Groups representing the nation's veterinarians and state agricultural directors are both raising concerns about the growing shortage of rural veterinarians who treat food animals. That is absolutely a challenge, and they know they're seeing fewer and fewer veterinarians in rural areas, according to Raina Carlson, an Idaho veterinarian and president of the American Veterinary Medical Association. The AVMA was in Washington, D.C. recently to lobby for its priorities, which include legislation to boost the number of rural veterinarians. The shortages of rural veterinarians also was a major point of discussion at the National Association of State Directors of Agriculture, which was also holding its winter policy meeting just a block away from the AVMA gathering. Michael Strain, the Louisiana Commissioner of Agriculture and a licensed veterinarian, added the problem is exasperated as the older generation of veterinarians who could afford to maintain a rural practice are now retiring. USA's Economic Research Service forecasts the U.S. net cash farm income will decrease by $42.2 billion, or 25.8%, to $121.7 billion in 2024 in inflation-adjusted dollars. This is after net farm cash income decreased in 2023 by a forecast of $50.2 billion to $163.9 billion. Net cash farm income is defined as gross cash income minus cash expenses. Net farm income is forecast to decrease by $43.1 billion to $116.1 billion from 2023 to 2024. Net farm income is a broader measure of farm sector profitability that incorporates non-cash items including changes in inventories, economic depreciation, and gross inputted rental income. Cash receipts for farm commodities are projected to fall by $32.2 billion to $485.5 billion in 2024. Meanwhile, production expenses are expected to increase by $7.2 billion or 1.6% to $455.1 billion in 2024. Also, total commodity insurance indemnity payments are forecast to fall by $1.5 billion in 2024, and direct government payments to farmers are projected to fall by 2 $2.2 billion from 2023 levels to $10.2 billion in 2024. The Fertilizer Institute has expressed alarm with the Environmental Protection Agency's lowering of the National Ambient Air Quality Standards for fine particulate matter. According to TFI, the change will lead to permitting gridlock across most of the country, negatively impacting economic growth and fertilizer production. TFI President and CEO Corey Rosenbush says at a time when the need to strengthen the domestic fertilizer industry has been made clear by multiple ongoing global crises and echoed by the Biden administration, now is not the time to hamstring fertilizer production. The standards have significantly curtailed air pollution nationwide, but a major challenge for industries arises as those levels are progressively lowered. Despite ongoing technological improvements, industries reach a threshold where additional air quality improvements become more and more unfeasible under stricter standards, especially as 84% of current PM2.5 emissions originate from non-industrial sources. TFI claims PM2.5 emissions have declined nearly 40% over the past 20 years and continue to decrease. The Department of Agriculture has identified priority countries for new McGovern-Dole cooperative agreements. The McGovern-Dole International Food for Education and Child Nutrition Program is the largest global donor to school feeding efforts. 
The program provides U.S. agricultural commodities, funding, and technical assistance to reduce hunger, support nutrition, and improve literacy and primary education around the world. The McGovern Dole program is also an integral part in advancing U.S. diplomatic interests and strengthening alliances. For fiscal year 2024, USDA has identified priority countries as Angola, Bangladesh, El Salvador, Guinea-Bissau, Laos, Malawi, and Rwanda. The priority countries have demonstrated significant need, a national government commitment to school feeding programs, and shared views on global food security, agricultural sustainability, and key international initiatives. Each of the cooperative agreement projects will be approximately five years in duration. When available, the fiscal year 2024 notice of funding opportunity and information on how to apply will be published on grants.gov. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Net Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. 